0: Hey, I'm Peter.
1: And I'm Heather. Welcome
0: Welcome to to No No Greater Greater Joy, Joy. a parenting podcast to help you raise kids who walk in God's truth all the days of their life.
1: Each episode will give you practical advice that will help you align your parenting with the Word of God.
0: Because in the end,
1: there's There's no no greater greater joy.
0: Hey, Heather.
1: Hey, Peter.
0: (laughs) Are you having fun doing podcasts? Loving it. I'm having a good time.
1: I'm loving talking about the things we love, parenting, kids. It's awesome.
0: We're trapped in a little room with soundproofing and we're just staring at each other, talking about <laughs> things that are in our hearts.
1: Staring into each other's eyes. It's, it's everything like, it's we like ever quality wanted. time. It's great. <laughs> yeah. We're making yeah. time in
0: our schedule to hang out. I love it. That's fun. <laughs> so today I want to talk about a scripture that we mentioned in our first episode.
1: Mm, okay. Okay.
0: I'm to dive in on Deuteronomy chapter six because we talked about it and it's an amazing verse Yes, that, you know, we all kind of have heard and we talk about, we use them when we do child dedication services and
1: we use it for our own personal parenting, parenting. classes <laughs> yeah. and,
0: and our own life. Uh, and I, I just love this idea. One of the things that I loved about what God and Joshua walked through when they crossed over the Jordan was they, God told Joshua to set up these stones of remembrance. Right. And he told him to set these stones up so that the generations to come would know about the miraculous thing that God did for his people when he brought them through the Jordan. So good. And before that, I mean, he freed them from captivity. Right. Uh, from Egypt. And all of these miracles, God provided their substance in, in the wilderness and And all these things happen. And so God had them set up these stones. But this idea that, you know, our job as parents is to talk about um, what God is doing, what God has done from one generation to the next, pass them down. And some of the questions that came up when I posted on my social media, like, hey, what do you think we should talk about? You know, some of the parents listening, they did not grow up in church. Oh, yeah. Some of the parents listening, they did not have a, you know, a biblical understanding of what a marriage looks like or right. growing up in church with those values and principles in their life. And so let's just talk about that for a minute. You know, we've got listeners who are coming from all different backgrounds and I wanted to make sure that we incorporate too parenting. I said it this week in a, in a class that I was a parent long before we became parents. Right. I carried that heartbeat to train up young people and disciple the next generation and, and make them succeed. And so um, when we had kids, it's like, then God magnified that heart that I already had. Right. And so, you know, parenting, it doesn't mean that you're a mom and a dad. Parenting can look like a lot of different things for a lot of different people. Right. You've got single parents, you've got foster parents, grandparents, you've got adoption parents, raising kids, Yeah. grandparents. I mean, it's all of us having this collective heart to say, I want to raise the next generation. Yeah. Yeah. And it's important for us to value what God has done and share that with the next generation. And Deuteronomy 6 is that verse that we use, and it says this, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words I command you today shall be on your heart, Mm. and you shall teach them to your children. You should talk about them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. So basically the first thing you talk about in the morning should be God. The yep. last thing you talk about before you, sh- you go to bed should be God. But this scripture is a great reminder for us about, you know, how to train our kids in the ways of God. Yeah. So, you know, we were kind of brainstorming last night. What are some practical ways as parents that we can teach kids about God mm. throughout the day, day to day, in and out, and continually point them back to God,
1: yeah, well, I think it's easier than you think. At least, that's great news, uh, uh, yeah. At least, in really my experience, takes the pressure <laughs> off. Thank you, you know. I think sometimes, um, especially uh, first, I want to acknowledge the parents that may be listening that you did not have this example yourself. You yeah. are a first generation Christian in your home, and I just want to applaud you, yes. Thank you for doing your best. Yeah. Thank you for listening and learning yes. and carrying the weight of like I need to do this right. Like yes. we we see you, we value you, we honor you cuz that's such a big deal. And I want to encourage everyone listening that it is easier than you think. Come on. <laughs> um you know, it's not a lot of parents come to us and they feel unqualified, right? Mm-hmm like, I never went to school to learn how, you know, I, I'm just reading the Bible at face value. I don't know how to break this down. I don't, you know, how to teach my kids theology or whatever that looks like. But, <laughs> you know, really it's as simple as in the morning on our way to school, you know, maybe we had a rough morning. Maybe that only happens to us in our house. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure. It's just it, us. Why does it feel like it happens rough more than smooth? But, um, you know, you're on your way to school and you're going, okay, we're, we're driving to school. We're going to take a minute. And we're yeah. just going to pray, God, that was a crazy morning, but God, we give the rest of our day to you. Yeah, And and it could be as simple as that. Or maybe you see somebody on the side of the road. And like, even for us in our house, when an ambulance drives by, I'll take that as an opportunity to teach our kids to pray. Hey, we don't know where they're going, yeah. but let's just pray that when they get there, that everything's fine and that God covers that situation. You know, So it's as simple as just incorporating God into your day. Mm. Let's acknowledge this is a good day. You know who gave, who gave this beautiful sunshine today? God did. Mm. And so really just bringing your kids along and acknowledging and highlighting God throughout your day, Yeah, I think is a really simple, practical way to really just have God this applying this verse to your parenting. Hey, we're just going to talk about it Yeah, all day long. We're going to incorporate God into our life. And uh, so that's a really simple way to do it.
0: <laughs> I know we noticed a difference. Um, you know, like you mentioned a hard morning, uh, you know, when it's like, why did you forget to brush your teeth when we've done that? <laughs> you know, every day, why, why did you, um, you know, not make sure you had clean clothes, you know, all the things, cause our kids are getting a little bit older. They're taking some responsibility. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, we noticed a difference when it's like, we're all frantic, we're heading out the door and we just, we're in the car kind of, everybody's like, you know, get that morning stare. We're not talking. Everybody's <laughs> just like in their own it's world. True. Versus when we um, were intentional about like, we're going to pray before we drop you off. Yeah. We're going to put on um like, we're, we do a little devotional yep. on the way to school. In the car. Yep. Uh We notice a difference in our kids when we would like kind of set the morning up for success.
1: Yes. The night before even. Yeah. Yep.
0: Set them up for success, try to make things smooth. But then kind of like that last thought before we, open the door on the car and, and kick them out and they, they run into school, <laughs> uh, was really trying to to pray over them, focus, help. And we noticed that like it helped, you know, like our son helped him have a better day. Yeah. Like kind of starting out in prayer. So, yeah. you know, as a parent, that's even just a practical, simple thing. But, you know, really trying to make sure we maximize the moments that we have, that, that car ride.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then, you know, it's the same after school they jump in the car and they want to talk a million miles a minute and they want that affirmation moment. So they're kind of telling you everything about their day. Yeah. You know, this happened at recess. This happened in my class. My friends did this, you know, and just kind of letting them detox. Yeah. And again, if they have a a moment of struggle, just pointing them back to God, like let's pray over this. Yeah. Let's give it all to him. So that's one of those things that we've just adopted is like, you know, drop off pickup. That's a great time to talk about God. Oh yeah, and to get them to think about it, to to hopefully stay with them through the day.
1: Another great time uh, to talk about God is uh, right before they go to bed. They are very chatty. Not mm. sure if you noticed. Shenanigans. We call it the bedtime shenanigans. Yep. it's like everything that I've ever thought throughout my entire day. I must let you know about it now because I don't want to go to bed. Stall tactic.
0: <laughs> Purely but, stall tactic.
1: But the. The, the best of, of parents will leverage that to their advantage, right? It's kind of like, Hey, I'm yes, I'm tired. Yes. I don't want to do that. But I find that especially our, um, a preteen daughter who may not open up, you know, with all the things going on at school, mm-hmm. it's like those moments, she's a little more vulnerable. She's going to kind of let me in to what's going on in her day. And then that allows me to speak to it as a parent. Yeah, Like, well, what do you think we should do about that and you know it kind of help her walk through those things um you know it's it, she's definitely stalling but at least we're leveraging you know the time in yep. <laughs> in, a, in a good way
0: <laughs> we've definitely had some of those moments turn into really great chats prayer moments you know so uh so let's talk about it. what are some other practical things that we can do You know, to get, again, keep kind of like the scripture says, talk about them as you sit in the house, talk about them as you're on the way. So good. You know, those, those, those moments where it's like, I am intentionally parenting for the purpose of training my child, but also connecting them with life lessons that will help them be a a strong follower of Jesus. Yeah. So, you know, we talked about um, teaching kids to honor God with their mouth.
1: Mm. This is a big one. We run into this a lot, um, especially I, I want to uh, encourage you parents uh, that if you have discovered that your kiddo has maybe a potty mouth at school, <laughs> it is like a rite <laughs> of passage. It is a normal thing that they go through. They hear kids saying it. They start kind of experimenting with it. And it's like the boys. Especially. It's a boy thing for sure. Yeah, I feel like girls probably don't, they, don't hit that as much. They find but.
0: humor in all the gross words. <laughs> at an early age, all the potty words, Yeah, it's just natural.
1: And so, you know, and, and here's where, here's where the rubber really meets the road parents is if we're going to truly live by example, like this, this verse is implying that we live a life uh, of parenting. Right. Um, It's hard. I You know, I had mentioned this, I think in our first podcast that it, you can't, you can't lead by like do as I say, not as I do. Right. So if, you're swearing like a sailor all day long (laughs) and then your kid goes to school and does it, you probably shouldn't be surprised. Right. And, you know, and some people may think, Oh, that just, that feels a little bit much, you know, like preventing your kids from swearing. But, you know, I always bring it back to that. Eternity is real. And each one of us were designed with unique purposes. Every kid, every child, every human being has a, Uh, has a design that a plan that God created you for that's unique, but we all also have the same job, Mm. which is to use these unique giftings to draw all men closer to Jesus, all beings closer to Jesus. And so when we parent, um, People probably look at our parenting style and think, oh, they're so old school. They're so strict. They're so, you know, but I'm always filtering through the lens of who did God create my kids to be? If they're going to be people that are attractive, right? If we want people to come and learn about Jesus, learn about the good news, then no better way than to just be an attractive person. Just be the kind of person that people want to hang out with, Yeah, that people want to talk to, that people yeah. want to come and sit around. And so we always kind of go back to with our kids, like with swearing, right? It's like, well, those words usually get used when somebody's angry, mm. right? Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's to be funny, but usually it's in the middle of a confrontation or you're picking on me so I'm going to kind of puff up my chest and say a big word you know yep. and so we're always like man there's there's better better ways to use our words there's better ways to uh, even have conflict, right? Because that's even teaching them conflict resolution. Yeah. You know, just spouting off a bunch of cuss words because you're mad doesn't actually fix anything. Yeah. And so teaching our kids to be responsible with their words and what they say is more than just sticks and stones may break my bones. Like, don't don't say hurtful things for sure, yeah. but also let's be the kind of people that when they think about who you are, that they think, man, you know, I've, I've never actually heard that person say anything rude yeah. or or unkind, like that person is just overall a really nice human being. Those are the kind of kids that I'm trying to raise. (laughs) So something as simple as that, you know, I, I feel like it's important. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. What do you think? (laughs) Maybe I am a square. I don't know. (laughs) No,
0: You're not a square. Uh, as I was listening to you talk about just language and and all that, I was remembering like as a kid, when I heard my first cuss word on the playground, (laughs) And I remember kind of being shooketh by it <laughs> and being shocked because I was like, what is that? And I, I, while I didn't understand what it entirely meant, I remember feeling like, oh, that sounds naughty. Like, right. oh, that's just bad. Know. Yeah. yeah. And part of that is because it wasn't a word I was hearing at home. Right. It was, I think it was like second grade or, okay. or first grade. And one of my friends dropped the F word on the playground. Oh, snap. And, uh, you know, at that age, it's just like, they just say it, but it has no context. It's just, it's just like pointed at nobody. It's just like, here's the word. <laughs> Blah. Used
1: incorrectly. Yeah. Incorrectly. <laughs>
0: and so, um, you know, I think what I'm saying is, is that there's, it's good to have this juxtaposed moment with our kids. Hmm. If we don't live these, if we live these values at home and they hear the opposite at school or when they're around peers, it's okay for our kids to be like, drawing the comparison of one versus the other. Hmm. And so if we determine as a family, whatever your family looks like, that like, we're not going to use that language because at the end of the day, like you tell our kids, like it just makes you sound kind of
1: like a jerk.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You just, isn't there (laughs) other words that you can use to express how you're feeling? Right. And so this juxtapose, our kids kind of wrapping their mind around like, uh, that's not a word I'm familiar with, but that's okay. Because, you know, like our son, he was sharing with us recently that he some of the kids at school were picking on him. Yeah, and they were using language and putting him down and stuff like that. And right. I, so I said, I drew this comparison with him, trying to teach him in the moment. I said, Hey, when you hear those kids talking like that, or they're talking to you like that, how do those words make you feel? Right. Okay. So remember that feeling because we don't want to live that way. Right. We don't want to make other people feel that way. No. And so drawing this comparison of like, okay, those words are. Harmful; those words mean bad things. Yeah, and so we're just not going to use those, right? And you know that obviously has to start at home. It has to right. start with us saying, you know, we we don't want to do that. And and as a parent, I know sometimes, you know, that that can be something we struggle with. Yes, because maybe at work that's all you hear,
1: right? Or yeah. maybe
0: in your circles, those are the words that are are said to you. Yep, a lot. Um, but again, it comes back to that whole thought of me and my house. We're going to serve the Lord. Your mouth was created to worship.
1: Yes, exactly. Your
0: mouth and, and our being was created to bring glory to God. And so as parents, we have to realize um, when I'm using my language to, to express these things, yeah, I, I'm not bringing glory to God. And I'm teaching my kids that that's okay. right? And so that's one of those that like, it's a great lesson on what comes out of our mouth. And is it pointing to God?
1: Right. It actually reminds me of the verse. One of my favorite verses that I use when talking to my kids about this is first Corinthians 10 31. It says, uh, therefore, whatever you do, whether you're eating or drinking, do everything to the glory of God. Mm -hmm. So this is another verse, just like the Deuteronomy verse. It's basically saying, Hey, every aspect of your life, Everything you say, everything you do, how you dress, how you, all those things, let it glorify God. Yeah. And so when we filter everything through that, it may seem strict, it may seem old school, but the truth is the reason why to bring us all the way full circle back to the story you had mentioned about setting up the stones, right? They crossed over the Jordan. They set up the stones. The reason why God wanted them to remind the next generation about what God had done is because God doesn't go out of style. Mm. He doesn't get old. It's not like, you know, we say old school parenting as if it implies that it's wrong, Mm. that it's out of date. But the truth is God's word does not go out of style. It's not out of date. And so though our culture continues to move in a direction that by the way is completely opposite of God and what he would plan, we as parents have to resolve to the fact that God's way is the right way. Mm. We just have to get that in our spirit that, hey, God's way is the right way. Yeah. And I'm either going to trust that the Bible is true yeah. or that it isn't. And if I know that it's true, then I'm going to parent through that. I'm not going to be afraid of it. There's a boldness that kind of comes with that, right? Yeah. Like, hey, my kids, they're not going to have cell phones like all their other all all their friends are going to have because I've resolved that God's way is the right way. And that's just a gateway to so many things that I don't want my kids to be introduced to. Or, hey, God's way is the right way. So I know that cursing and all those things, though, it may seem so old school to say, no, kids, you can't do that. Um it really is I want everything they do to glorify God and those words definitely don't glorify God. So when we really kind of boil it all down and there's a lot of different things that we can talk about that kind of fall into that category, right? Yes. If, before you jump <laughs> yeah, in, I was going to say yeah, I no. had one.
0: Good good. So, you know, another one that we were talking about was okay, teaching our kids that forgiveness is something that we can do. We mm. can forgive others. Right so I am sitting here listening as a parent and I'm like, "Oh no." <laughs> These words slip out of my mouth when I'm upset or like when I'm in gone traffic. I messed it up.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, I think that, you know, teaching our kids about forgiveness, teaching our kids about repentance, oof. You know, so good. Uh, it's okay parents to go to your kids and say, "I, I messed wrong. up."
1: Yeah. I was wrong.
0: I was wrong. And sometimes, you know, your spouse has to remind you that you need to do that. That happened to me recently. Thank you, Heather. You're welcome. (laughs) She's like, you need to go say sorry. (laughs) And I was like, I'm not ready to, but yes. Um, You know, teaching our kids again, it's just the the lesson, right? Of like, if I mess up, I think it's good, especially as your kids started getting into the, um, you know, third, fourth, fifth grade range. -hmm. Of teaching them the process of repentance, teaching them the process of forgiveness. Yeah, and so hey, I I, you know saying things like I messed up. Yeah, and I'm sorry. Yeah, that I didn't respond correctly. Yeah, and he followed up with I love you. Yeah, and uh, and teaching them that like parents and adults can say sorry and and make mistakes. Yep, but then again, pointing to Jesus. Yeah, but Jesus forgives us. Yeah, and will you forgive me? And teaching them this, this lifestyle so that they don't have this pride in their heart that says, I can't admit to when I was wrong. Right. You know, because in, in every single one of our kids, there's, there's things that we're combating like personalities. Yes. There's things that are God given gifts, design, makeup that we have to understand and basically pastor. Yes. We have to wrap our minds around how is my kid wired? Mm. some kids are going to be like, I'm so sorry. I messed up. Yeah. Right away. Other kids are going to look at you stone, stone face and just be like, I didn't do it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, you've got this whole gamut. And so, so
0: understanding how our kids nature is, yes. The way that they were just from birth designed and then working with those things to teach them uh, the value of saying, I'm sorry. Right. And being repented. Why? Because at the end of the day, we want to have kids that grow up knowing how to run to God when they make a mistake.
1: Exactly.
0: Run to God when they when they mess up and say, I need help. That's it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Forgive me, right? Because ultimately the greatest gift that we have is salvation. Yep. And if you've got a kid that you're raising who is unrelenting. And, and
1: unrepentant. Unrepentant. Yeah.
0: They're going to have a hard time turning to God and saying, God, I give you my life. 100%. And so this is a simple lesson. But again, we're pointing them towards this moment where they're in Jesus. Have a conversation.
1: And that goes hand in hand, even with, um, you know, something that I would say is missing from society today is there's a general um, lack of respect for authority in our nation. Mm. And, um, you know, and I think that we've kind of gone away from it. We've kind of gone to like this thought process of like, well, it's my own truth. I run my own life even some of the parenting styles now, um, you know, they don't all fully go, I won't name a specific type of parenting style, but you know, a lot of our parenting styles these days kind of lend itself to like, let the kid decide on their own, Mm. let them figure out there's no authority in their life at all. And you're letting them figure out what's going on. But the truth is if I don't teach my kids how to obey authority now, me being the ultimate authority in their life currently, their teachers, their coaches. The problem is, is that someday God is going to come to them and ask them to do something. Yeah, He's got a plan for their life. He's going to ask them to step out in faith, do something hard, something that's uncomfortable for yeah. them, and they will have to decide in that moment, based on how I've trained them, will they respond in obedience or will they respond out of rebellion, out of their own way, out of their own thoughts? And so, so many things though, you know, though that two-year-old that's throwing a tantrum on the ground doesn't seem significant maybe at the time to make sure that they're following and obeying, right? It kind of feels like, oh, I'm just going to give in. I'm just going to give up. But the reason why that fight is so important. Because that's the easier thing to do. Because that's the easier thing to do. But the reason it's so important to win in that moment is because someday that two-year-old is going to be a 22-year-old and God's going to ask them to do something significant. Yeah. And I want them to say yes Yes. to God. I want them to say yes, without a doubt, with no hesitation. Yes, God, because I know back again, God's way is the right way, not only for me, but for my kids, they're going to live their fullest, most blessed life when they're living a life that's obedient to God. So teaching our kids to obey authority is not only a good idea and definitely will benefit you as parents later, but is also necessary for eternity. Right. In my opinion.
0: <laughs> so let's talk about maybe one more, you know, because we're creating a list here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I think kids, every kid is going to struggle with some form of entitlement.
1: Ooh, they, they pop out that way, man. <laughs> they just come out like, hand me a beverage. <laughs> like, Serve what? me. Yeah. Right.
0: Uh, you know, our kids are not born perfect. No. They're born little baby sinners. So true. So. Uh, at, at some point as they grow, there's just going to be this tendency to to be uh, all about themselves. You know, we get to pastor yeah. uh, and parent and we get to see all the different age groups and their development. And, uh, you know, twos, two-year-olds, <laughs> they are some of the most uh, stubborn, selfish. Yeah, That's naturally. that age group because yeah. they're learning to be independent. This is they're what you learning. teach them to share. You te- yep. Sharing is a big deal. You know, you'll see the kids in the class who just go over and just... Snatch things out of other kids' <laughs> hands and trip uh, so kids, true. and you know, it's all about me. Yep. Um, so how do we get entitlement? How do we get this thing broken off where they're wanting it to be all about them? Because uh, I think you know, Jesus modeled it so great in that the, the, if you want to be the greatest, the greatest yeah. you have to be the least. That's right. Another obviously biblical principle. Yep. And so how do we break this entitlement off of our kids as a family?
1: I think you have to do the opposite. What is the opposite of entitlement? It is to serve, to mm. be the one serving someone else. When you want to be served, you need to serve somebody else. Mm. <clears throat> so, you know, I think I think any way that you can find for them to serve a family member, mm-hmm. ooh, serving a sibling will just hit you right in the... <laughs> right. In between the eyeballs, you know, you're just like, what you, yeah. You know, we, there's been seasons of our life when that's popped up for sure in our kids or even in my own heart, you know? And so I'll find an area where can I go? Uh, where does my, what does my church offer as far as community service, getting your kids to community service? You know, if you attend the father's house, that would be adopt a block. Um, you know, just giving, going and having a real life revelation that like, there are people that have it way worse off than I do. Yeah. I have nothing to complain about. And it will birth this thing inside of them that will make them lifelong servants, which mm-hmm. is who Jesus was. Yeah. That is when we're most like Jesus, is when we're serving other people. And um, so you know, it that could look based on age, right? That's gonna look different, age yeah. appropriate, right? Yeah. So, what does that look like, you know, for a two-year-old? Well, a two-year-old's gonna have a hard concept. You know, that's we're we're teaching them how to share. That's what it is. It's yeah. oh Oh, you're going to steal that toy. Okay, well, here's what we're going to do. Now that you've taken it, first of all, you should have asked Mm -hmm. politely, right? Right. So now we're going to set a timer. They get to play with it for 10 minutes. When the timer beeps, now you get to play with it. So that's what sharing is. Sharing is essentially teaching a kid how to serve somebody else, right? right? I'm giving you time. You know, and as they get older, that could look differently. Hey, bud, you know. You're having a hard time, you know. You think you think you you get everything. You think you're the king of the household, so now you get to do sister's chores. You know, kind of a you're gonna let sister off the hook and you're gonna do it and and it just it, it births something so good inside of them. It's really hard and, it, and they're gonna definitely fight back at it. They're not gonna to want to do it because everything inside of us wants to be at the top. That's why Jesus talks so much about it in the right. Bible. <clears throat>
0: One, I think, you know, speaking, we've, we've talked about little kids, but also you you mentioned just that teenage years, yep. everything in the teenage years is all about kind of self-discovery and yep. they feel naturally awkward. So they pull away from, from groups. Um, and there's this constant tension of uh, hormones and emotions and feelings and all those things. And so it kind of makes them isolate, Yeah. which again, makes them almost kind of feel and appear selfish. Uh, but it's really because they're, they're trying to, solve all, all the world's problems in their own head
1: because yeah. they're awkward, <laughs> awkward.
0: <laughs> and so you know i think again just teaching and modeling this idea that we serve others yes i think you know every time that i have traveled overseas to do missions work every time that i have served at uh, in our community to serve other people i've been generous to serve other people you know those moments expand my worldview so good. Those moments helped me to see different cultures and perspectives and where people are at. And it gives me an appreciation for how blessed I am, how blessed our family is, mm-hmm. how good God is. And so I think, you know, if you've got a teenager who's kind of just feeling self-absorbed and as a parent, you're like, oh, my goodness. The more that you can as a family own and model we serve others, Yeah, I think will expand your young person's worldview Yep. It will show them the importance of putting others first and help them to balance out this me 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 kind of thing. Yes. Right because our 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 technology, our social media, all of that is designed to feed the dopamine's, feed myself, feed me, yeah. give me the stimulation, but the more that we can resist those things and right. go and model serving, again we are being like Jesus. That's right. Because he came to serve, we talked about in a recent sermon how Pastor Dave talked about serving. The last thing that Jesus did before he went to the cross was he washed his friend's feet and served them. And so his last day on earth, he's he's serving. Right. That's the King of Kings. That's right. the Lord of Lords. That's that's what he did. He modeled it. And so as a family, we want to be a family that serves. That's right. Because again, you're teaching your kids this is how you you put others before yourself because that's what the Scripture says. Yeah. Love the Lord your God. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus in the New Testament referred back to this scripture in Deuteronomy yes. to say, not only should you follow me and love me yeah. and live your life and give everything to me, but above that, love your neighbor right. as yourself.
1: He upped the ante.
0: He upped the game. Yeah. So love God and love others. And so, you know, in in age, that's what we focus on as a ministry. Right. Just to try to keep it simple. Your goal is to love God and love others. That's Right. Love God and love others. And when you keep that model in your life, it just helps you to keep a healthy perspective of who I am in relationship to the world around me and what my place is and, and honoring and serving others.
1: Yeah. The truth is, like we've said before, the only thing you get to take to heaven with you is your kids. That's right. And so, you know, we can get overwhelmed as parents in the day to day sports and being a carpool for your teenager (laughs) and, you know, all the things and work and you can get so overwhelmed by everything that, um, we can sometimes lose sight of what's important. So today of all the things we talked about, I just want to remind you today that you, uh, you are doing a great job first. You're here. If, if parenting's hard right now, it's cause you're doing it right. And (laughs) so you're doing a good job. Um, but also, as you're parenting this week, just filter it through the lens of eternity. Does is what I'm doing impacting my kid's spiritual health? Is this thing that I'm worried about? Is this you know because grades are really important? Obviously, that helps them get a job. But you know what's more important? My kid's relationship with Jesus. Right. So just a reminder: keep eternity in mind, and uh, pray to God for guidance, and and you'll you'll do this thing right.
0: And look for your moments during the day. Yeah, when you can make it about. Yep pointing them back to jesus that's right uh when you lie down when you walk by the road when yeah. you when you go to and for like deuteronomy says when you lie down when you get up uh heather would you just pray over parents today yeah. we can wrap this up and you know maybe we'll come back to deuteronomy six there's so many things so that we many can, you know bring out um but parents we want to encourage you you're doing a great job let's pray over them
1: yeah God, we just thank you today for the opportunity to raise your kids. That's right. God, they're not, they are definitely yours first. And so God, we just give them back to you, God. And we right. just pray a hedge of protection, God, around our kids. God, we pray that you would give us the wisdom we need this week. God, to point them to you. And uh, you would give us the wisdom to to know how to parent each of our kids correctly. That's God, right. every kid is so different. So God, we just give them to you. We give you our decision, our choices. We trust in you as the perfect father, mm-hmm. God. And we ask that this week you would show us maybe the areas of our lives where we need to model a little bit better, yeah. but God, ultimately that you would just uh, pour out your grace on all the areas where we fail, God, and that you would just cover that That's right. and that we would uh, make you proud this week as That's we right. parent your kids in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Thanks for joining us and we look forward to talking with you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of No Greater Joy.
1: For more episodes and resources, visit stoneministries.com, where you'll also find links to connect with us on social media.
0: Parenting can be tough, so let's stick together.
1: Because in the end, there's There's no no greater greater joy. joy.